Okay, Zig coming in at the top of the interview today on the scenic route. They are playing May 23rd from Audio Bay Studios. It's a full band live stream. Um, they are also releasing a new single June 19th on all platforms. Uh, the Scenic Route is a female-fronted alt-rock band that hits uh, covers and originals out of Canton, Ohio. During this interview, we talk with Rachel, Sam, and Dom. Uh, and during the process of recording this, they're in the same room. So audio kind of bounces depending on who is closer to their their mic. And we got a really cool picture of uh, each member of the band's musical history and musical history within their family, some of which the band didn't even know, so they were kind of like, what? And uh, it was a lot of fun. They're a fun group, and they're doing a lot of cool things. We touched upon some some um, innovative social distance performing. Um, I'm going to play a bit of one of their songs. This is the song Same Old Ghost off their release Ghost. Check it out. off ghost from the scenic route if you hear anything you like you could check them out on spotify and um, all the um, music streaming platforms and if you hear anything you like with this podcast you can find us on spotify apple and if you can rate review subscribe comment it helps us put the podcast up front so the artist can be heard all right without further ado the scenic route yeah definitely all right zig at the gig podcast i'm hanging out with the scenic route how's it going friends Going pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. Um, can we go one by one? Introduce who uh, who we got here. Uh, I'm Sam. I'm the drummer. My name is Rachel. I'm lead singer. I'm Dom. I play guitar. All right. Cool. How's quarantine been for you guys? It's been something. Uh, uh, yeah. We're yeah. trying to keep busy. Yeah. It's uh, it's a lot of me doing things that I would never do normally. Yeah, um, like what? Busy. <laughs> um, no, honestly, uh, one of the cool things I've had time to start like a YouTube channel where I've been posting some drum covers. Oh, cool! Uh, that ordinarily I just would have no time for. So yeah, <laughs> that part's been kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely like uh, time to knock out that thing where you never thought you would have enough time to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of been nagging at you for a while. Trial period. Yes. Yeah. Like, exactly. uh, especially with video editing, that's so tedious. You know. Yep. And like to get it to, I don't know. And the YouTube medium, so like just to navigate it, it's such a pain and such a different thing. And not, you know, like where Facebook or like any of the other mediums, you do your thing, you share it, people share it. On YouTube, you kind of yell into this void. And eventually, if you keep yelling, <laughs> re- 
like yeah. relentlessly people are like oh i think i hear something <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a pretty good analogy yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, i've had not too much luck with youtube so i get it <laughs> but that's awesome what about you um let's see i kind of i kind of get a weird view right now what else has been going on as far as like anyone else knocking off the bucket list of um of a, a quarantine time <laughs> Well, uh, I figured out that because the only time I've been leaving my house is to go grocery shopping or to take my dog for a walk, that now every time I put my shoes on, my dog thinks she's going outside for a walk. <laughs> and then I have to calm her down before I leave, which is adorable and sad. But you know. <laughs> when, you, when you actually start like doing normal things, it's going to suck for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. It's going to be so stoked all the time. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, that's yep. cool. Yeah, my cats have been the same way. And he, like, I've been home so much. They're like, "Oh, this is sweet. You must be here to, you know, feed us." And I'm like, "No." And they, and they start, <laughs> no, actually. And they start screaming at me until I do. Um, <laughs> pets and their poor perceptions of us are going to be so fried by the time this is all over. Definitely. Yeah. You guys did a really cool. As far as quarantine jams go, you guys did a really cool. Um, the drive uh, drive-in show thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how'd that come about? Uh, well, we played it. Uh, it was High and Low Winery, the place that we did it at. Okay. Um, we had played with them for a couple of years. Uh, and basically just the guy in charge of it contacted us and said, hey, I want to do this thing where I want to start having drive-in concerts. And I love you guys, and I want you guys to be the first band to try it with. And so... Uh, we didn't really expect it to go as well as it went, honestly. Uh, but we were just so excited to be able to go out and play because it's been so long. It's been a long time. Yeah, we all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I remember Dom. Dom got out of his car. He's like, "It's gig day." <laughs> <laughs> I got a gig. Um, That's awesome. But then just more and more people started pulling in, and uh, people were honking their horns instead of clapping, which was adorable. Yeah, Dom pointed out that it's, it's better than applause. Which it really is. is. Yeah, hundred percent is. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, we got worried because a, a cop pulled in, and we're like, oh, no, they're going to shut us down. What's going to go on? And then the cop sat there for a while and was talking to somebody in a car, and then they left. And later, that person came up to give us a tip, and I asked them what the cop was talking about. And they were like, oh, the cop just really liked the Fall Out Boy song you were playing, so they pulled over to listen to it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I don't know what's, what's more interesting, that, that there's cops in the Fall Out Boy. Or, uh, like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Like, for some reason, like, I can't exactly put my finger on it, but that doesn't just, that doesn't gel for me. Like, cops and fall out with that. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if you had to, like, if I had to guess a cop's favorite type of music, I don't know what, what that would even be. You know what I mean? Like, I guess they like sugar, we're going down. I, that's I, what I, I pulled over for. I guess so, yeah, yeah. It is a jammer uh, of yeah. a tune. Solid. It tune. is a jam, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, okay. That like I saw the video of that and I thought that was a really cool concept. I didn't know that was a winery though. That doesn't make like did they have the big lot or where did they? Did... Yeah, they. It's actually a really beautiful place. If you could ever go, I recommend it. Uh, they have. It's essentially the main building is just like a giant house. Yeah. And then they have a smaller building that holds all of their equipment, and then the whole back area is all a vineyard. Hmm. And so they also share sense. a parking lot with a like construction company. So they just have a giant lot that's all gravel. Yep. And wow. so okay. they just they had so much space to park people in there. That's awesome. And yeah, they sent 
I mean, there were probably 30 cars there, and they still had a ton of room. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, it looked packed, and I'm like, there has to be, like, a drive-in. What? What is that? You know what I mean? Like, but they, that's crazy that they had that much room, and that's really cool that they, that's such yeah. an innovative way to, like, try to bring people in. I don't know if, I don't know if people were allowed to drink wine while they're in their cars. I don't know the legality. Well, yeah, what they that. had is the people weren't allowed to get out of their cars. And then mm-hmm. obviously because like the inside wasn't open, people couldn't go to the restroom, but they essentially just like people would come up and they had, uh, waiters and waitresses running out to the cars cause they can also sell food there. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, and then, so they would be like, Hey, are you just picking something up or are you staying for the concert? And if they're staying for the concert, everyone would be charged a uh, cover and then they would take them out their wine and their food and they just sit in their cars. Some people like lifted up their back gates and sat huh. back there. Some people just put their windows down. We had a bunch of convertibles and Jeeps sitting out there. Yeah, we did. But it, yeah, it was super fun. And then uh, the proceeds got split between us and the wait staff. Oh, so that's the wait cool. staff could get tips and it was really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> had they been, have they kept up with it? I don't know if they've done another one yet, but I, I mean... I thought they did. I thought they had one scheduled for... I think they had one scheduled for every Saturday. I'm not sure if they kept on doing them. That's what they said they wanted to do, but I yeah. don't know if they did it or not. Yeah, that's true. Well, because I think there's a lot of places, and we're actually just talking about this with um, with her parents last night. Like, a lot of places now are kind of, like, afraid that they're breaking laws by having, like, live music play and having yeah. people gather. Yeah. Like, because it's, it's a really, really gray area. Well, um, there's also so much information going back and forth. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I just today saw on Facebook that this one place was announcing that they were going to have outdoor entertainment, and then like two hours afterwards said they had to cancel it because they were told they couldn't, mm. and then three hours after that said, oh no, that's actually wrong, we are having it. So like, it, it, you know, there's just so much conflicting information going around. Yeah. Yeah, there definitely is, and it's it's we, like how you said, there is that gray area, and what is okay and what's not okay is like a big... Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Um. And like, cause like something like that, you're, you're distant, you know, there's no one really involved with it really. And if everyone's taking the precautions and you guys are doing your thing and it seems like, you know I mean? Like, so, and, and then I don't know if it's people calling out people for like, you know what I mean? Or what it is, or if it's people that, yeah, yeah. there can be like a number of things going into it and it sucks because it's, it, it's almost like this virtual signaling to some degree, but it's needed. You know, I mean, we got to be uh, aware of what's, you know, because sometimes you're not thinking, uh, maybe I shouldn't, uh, maybe I shouldn't pick that up with my mouth. I don't know. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> you got yeah. a point there. Time, so. uh, right? Yeah, I keep, I keep seeing people wearing, uh, like, face masks, but then wearing them just here, right <laughs> under their nose. Yeah. <laughs> and like just uh, you know I, at least they're trying but I'm like you gotta cover the whole thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it's like, it's like that's <laughs> you're missing the purpose there and like yeah. so th- th- there's that too and like uh, but that being said there's also a lot of space to be innovative and be creative and work around these boundaries and yeah absolutely that's always it's something like that. What you guys did there is going to be exciting. It's going to be something like, "Whoa, can this even happen?" It's happening. Whoa, and like, th- 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 I think all around, like, even if it's a digital platform or like reworking the real platforms, like finding ways to be innovative and like conscious of uh, all this social distancing and like making it yeah. okay for everybody. And it's such like a, I mean, it's a lot easier when things are laid out. But with this whole thing, nothing's been laid out. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, maybe we're going back to work. Maybe we're not going back to work. I don't know. You know, <laughs> like, it's just it, everything's in the big question mark. Everything's gray. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Was yep. it? Speaking of which, um, did you guys are, uh, did was your work uh, uh, schedule affected? I mean, it had to have been, but are yeah, any of you I, guys... Uh, yeah, well, I have I, I have technically two jobs. It's this, and then I I babysit three days a week. I watch you know like I watch kids. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not babysitting any. Like I just started again because the parents started going back to work. But like for like a month, I wasn't getting like any income at all. So yeah. Yeah. Basically, same thing. I'm a musician primarily, and then yeah. in the summer, I teach at a daycare. Okay. Uh, but and so I'm hoping that we'll be able to open the daycare in the summer. But I don't know if that's going to be guaranteed right now yeah uh i at least have been talking to the camp director and we might be able to do like digital classes yeah uh but other than that yeah i've just been basically buckling down and not spending any money probably definitely a good definitely good call what grades what ages do you um do you teach uh i teach two age groups i teach uh arts and crafts for five to seven year olds okay and then I teach, uh, this year I'm going to start teaching a fashion design class for the 12 to 18 year olds. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's going to be fun. As a, uh, my full gig is I'm a teacher. I'm a music teacher at a school for kids with autism. I teach pre-K to senior high. And, uh, nice. Sweet, yeah. Nice. <laughs> thanks. And like, uh, so that everything's been like thrown up in the air. And I know daycares, there might be a thing where daycares are coming back. But I know as far as like our summer, we do extended school year. That's uh, mm-hmm. that's not going to be a, that's going to continue to be digital as far as I'm aware. And well, I also, yeah, you said you work in special ed, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what my mom does. And okay, cool. They are technically essential since they work with special ed. Yeah. Uh, but what they've had to start doing is she's the program director for the school. She comes in every day. And basically writes all of her lesson plans and prints out all the work. And then their BMSs go to each kid's house and deliver their work to them and then pick it back up the next day. And that's like how they've had to be doing school recently. It's yeah, it's 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 weird because you think like, oh, everyone's got some way to be digital and often not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she she works with primarily like very very low income families, and they don't all have access to a computer, so they have to have their stuff delivered to them. Which is definitely taxing on everyone involved. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. awesome they worked it out. Because, like, and a lot of times having that physical thing, they're like, I got to do this. As opposed to, like, I got to find Google Classroom A. Like, yeah. now, now it's like going to community college and being lost, but it's all digital. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. Yeah, me and Sam are uh, online music students. At oh, the oh, so oh, yeah. Good, yeah. Where oh, at? Where uh, you guys? Kent State Stark. Yeah, we both go there. Oh, okay. Okay, for, uh, I'm trying to think, at Kent State, start, um... Music Tech. Music Tech? Okay, cool, cool. Yep, yep. Yeah, they got a cool program, and that's a... Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really awesome. It's sweet, yeah. Yeah, like Dom said, it's super weird. Like, like music is, like, one of the, one of those, you just, it's super hard to do online. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys had to deal with, uh, a friend of mine is a chemistry major, and he, I was watching him do one of his chemistry classes, and he had to drag and click fake chemicals into like a beaker oh online. That's awesome. And he's like, "Why am I doing this? Why are they making me do this?" <laughs> yeah, that's kind of amazing, though. <laughs> online labs. Well, no, it's weird because we had like I'm, I'm speaking personally, of course, but like I had my professor basically like 
when this all happened, they kind of like went into two separate categories. They were either really, really lazy and they didn't give us really any work. Yeah. Which I had a couple friends to do. Or they were like, like super overcompensated giving us like They're a like, oh, you're home? That means you have nothing to do, yes? yes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a ton of busy work. It was like a weird, like it was weird. It's like for one class, you have to do like, you know, I have to write a paper and do a project and it all has to be done by like, you know, three hours from now. And then this other class is like, yeah, I got a paper that's kind of optional. It doesn't have to be done. <laughs> so like, you know, until the end of the semester, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's I imagine it's kind of like the wild west of everything. You know, what I mean, even like yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Very, everything's exactly. very liquid right now. We're just yes. kind of floating around. Yeah, yep. and which is cool because it leads to amazing, innovative things like what you guys did with the drive-by concert, drive-in concert, and like, but also for things like that was something you kind of had this perception with. You're gonna go and you're gonna learn this hands-on education. You know, what I mean, now it's kind of thrown out the window. Or, yeah. or reworked in a way that's either tedious or pointless. And, like, I guess in the end, as long as you get the credit, that's what matters. But it also... Yeah, I, I passed all my classes. I'm good. Hey, did it. Congrats. <laughs> but it, it does suck because you want to get that, especially when it's something you want to know and you want to get the hands-on, like... Yeah, it's yep. a real bummer when it doesn't like work out. But I feel like more and more we're, people are going to learn how to do this right. You know, as far as like online stuff and like, it's yeah. it can only get better from where it's at. Especially yeah, yeah especially when we have to do it next semester too. It's gonna it'll be a lot easier because it's not just like a trial by fire thing. It'll be way more planned. And well, I'm sure that. I'm sure it sucks for you guys too because part of your degree is working in the studio with your professors and other people and you just can't yeah. really do that right now. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, especially when you're I, I guess I mean, I know it's a little different, but when you're learning one-on-one lessons, you know what I mean? Or if you're teaching lessons, it's hard to be like move your hand yep. over here and they're like, "What?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's like a <laughs> lag and it peaks and you're like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I couldn't imagine teaching guitar lessons to a kid in person, let alone over Zoom. <laughs> yeah, with the Zoom, it's uh, great. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's another thing. Like, with teaching, you can only use certain, like, since Zoom gets hacked, like, that's not, you're not allowed to really use that for teaching, like, purposes. There's, like, a certain, oh, okay. like. Really? Yeah, at least. Yeah, that's. Uh, sorry, that's why when we did the Cleveland virtual show, they had to, we had to yeah. invite people to it because okay. it was over Zoom. Yep. Okay. Uh, Speaking of which, kind of going towards the virtual shows, that was a good thing. Actually, I want to ask you about that. Uh, um, you guys did the virtual CLE show, um, like what, two weeks ago? Yeah, approximately. Yeah. With uh, Dream Masons and um, I forget who else was on the bill with you guys. I can't remember his last name, but his first name was Joshua. But I can't yes. remember his last name yes. for the life of me. But uh, how was that? Compared to your uh, uh, your drive-by or con- drive-in concert, did you feel like the same type of uh, tendencies? Like they're not really clapping; well, they're kind of beeping. <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting because it's they have different pros and cons. Like I have been a performer since I was a child. Yeah, you started uh, at like so there's, ten there's or nothing something. I like, sorry, go ahead. You started at ten or something. I, I've been singing since I was a child, okay. like a little tiny kid. And it was, you know, when I was a kid, it was stuff like I'd sing at county fairs and do talent shows and stuff like that. And then I started being in a band when I was 14. Um, But I just love the dynamic of being with my band and doing a live performance. And I don't think you can really beat that, honestly. For sure. Uh, Just the excitement and the adrenaline you get from doing something like that. 
Yep. Uh, but the the streams are nice because they're just real chill and like usually you're muted in between sets, so you just can sit there <laughs> and you're hanging out with your buddy. And then you get to listen to these awesome other bands like the Dreamies and Joshua were absolutely fantastic. It was a great bill. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, at the end of it, it was really cool because we pulled up everybody's screen and then took a screenshot so we could take a picture of everyone who performed and was listening to it. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty fun. That is a really cool feeling, like the the see everyone quote. Like with yeah. when you're looking at a sea of cars, you're kind of like ah. Is that Scott? I, I can't tell. He got a different car. But, like, when you yeah. see the one-on-one and yeah, uh, I, keep going. Sorry. No, sorry. I would compare it to kind of, like, um, the difference between how I feel doing a small winery acoustic show and then, like, a full band bar show. Like, gotcha. they're both very fun, but the energy is just different. They have different energies to them. For yeah. sure. Yep. And I, I, oh, I see your cat. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, they're both behind me, um, (laughs) they'll probably be here in a second, uh, (laughs) but, uh, kind of with the same, okay, it's interesting how that virtual reality is, like, tied to reality, like, when you're playing a wine show in a bar gig, right, the same amount of time, and you you got different dynamics you gotta feel, but in a weird way, I don't think a wine crowd doesn't react as differently than a bar crowd you know what i mean i feel even though like you can bring a bigger dynamic i feel like mm-hmm. you kind of get the same reaction if you're doing like the same like uh, or the same length of a gig like a three-hour gig you know you, you yeah uh, you're kind of like entertainment and background noise you know what i mean sure. or there's usually a lot less drunken dancers at the winery shows though which for is sure not fun. for sure <laughs> <laughs> um but as far as like crowd interaction and like band yeah. purpose you're kind of like this you're this essence of the room in both uh both gigs right you're kind of filling the space and yeah. be in this thing that people are there to be a part of but they're really hanging out with Rhonda and talking to scott you know what i mean like and then in between they're like oh i know that one i know that one like and then you kind of yeah, yeah. Over. and then i also feel like it really depends honestly just like bar to bar winery to winery you kind of get different responses absolutely like uh, for example, there's this place called Sandy Springs, uh, winery near us that we're very good friends with. They're really fantastic. And it is the, wi- the like wildest, rowdiest winery I've ever yeah. been to. Every time you go there, people are like running around. They're always hooping and hollering. And we always, like, it's always crazy there. And it's just some tiny little winery, but like, you know, it just, it really depends like place to place. Some places are real rowdy. Some places uh, like Hartford Hill Winery, we also play. That's just real chill. Everyone just kind of sits down. You get a couple tips. Everyone drinks their wine. They're real quiet. Uh, so it, I think it also really depends, like, on the area and the actual venue itself, to like how rowdy people are going to be. What do you guys prefer? Do you prefer do you prefer, do you prefer uh, calm and uh, smooth, oh, or do you begin? rowdy? Absolutely, rowdy. Yeah, rowdy. I love, I love rowdy crowds. Yeah, you just feed off that. <laughs> yeah, you do. I, I, like obviously the the chill shows are fun, and I feel like they're no, they're more like intimate and cool, and I think they're fun. It's just like a little chill thing. But if I'm gonna be playing for three four hours, I want people to be like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> I feel it. I th- if anything, that makes that three-hour set seem like you need more time when everyone's really yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, you know, It makes it fly by. It makes it faster and also slower at the same time. Yep. So since you started at an early age, when did um, – and you started a band at a fairly early age. But, like, uh, when did the idea of going to this type of gig – you know what I mean? Like 
stepping up from like a talent show is a song or two, right? Right. And then when you're playing with a band, that's like a set, arguably like 30 to 40 minutes set. When did that like evolve for you? When did you like, we'll start with you, Rachel, then we'll move side to side. But like, when did the idea that I just, uh, singing's more than a thing I like to do for, you know, for a, for a bit or for like an opportunity, I want to make opportunities with it type mentality become a reality for you. Well, I come from musical family. That's not their jobs necessarily, but they all have had some part of their life rooted in music. So that's how I started so young. Okay. Like what? What's Um, a, and then for a while, I was a solo artist. I would just play piano and ukulele, uh, sometimes sing with like tracks. Okay. Uh, and then I would do, I start, you know, building up to like 30 minute sets and then hour long sets. And then I actually, for being a front woman, have a lot of like social anxiety. <laughs> and so I, I also, this was, it was actually Paramore's, uh, Riot and Brand New Eyes album. But I heard that and I was just like, dude, I want to be in a band. I want to be, like, a kick-ass female uh, fronted band, and uh, there's just nothing I like more than being with my buddies and playing music. Paramore is fucking I just cool. I find being a solo artist so boring, because I love just the flavor and the different ideas and just the different perspectives that working with a group brings you. And other egos. And other egos! Yeah. <laughs> nothing like problems! <laughs> <laughs> But that's really how no, I started. I just I got to a point where I was like, I don't like just being by myself. I want to play with other people. And then I started as a duo, and then that turned into a trio, and then mm. that turned into a full band, and eventually turned into what it is now. Gotcha. So with uh, singing, you started singing, right? Or did you start with piano? Or like, did they both Always have... singing. Singing's okay. always been first. I just learned instruments to accompany myself, basically. Gotcha. And did that come, like, I don't know, age 11 or something? Like... When did you start uh, working? I started learning piano when I was probably like 13, maybe 12. I'm not exactly sure. I know it was when I was still seeing my old vocal coach, uh, Miss Leah. She was who taught me piano also. But I'm not exactly, I don't exactly remember when that was. But it's been a couple of years at this point when I started learning instruments. Gotcha. Um, and you said music was in the family as well. Can you elaborate on that? Like, what did your mom yeah, do? What did your dad uh, do? Grandpa, well, grandma. My mom sings. Uh, she doesn't really perform anymore, uh, but her father specifically was in a band called The Country Seasons, and they were a band that was hired in to play for famous uh, country acts like Shania Twain, Reba McIntyre, people Whoa. like that. Yeah. Um, and so she spent a lot of time with very famous country artists and she also performed in her church and did plays and things like that. And then, uh, my father had played in bands his whole life. He, for a while lived in Germany when he was in the air force. Really? He, yeah. You didn't know that? No, I had no uh, idea. Honestly. That's why I'm trying to learn German. <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's awesome. No, I didn't know. But he was in a band called the Flaming Napalm Love Gods, which I Whoa. wish I could steal because it's so good. <laughs> That sounds amazing. Uh, but yeah, he just, he did music for the longest time. And then when he came back to the States, he became a radio DJ. Uh, and then he worked at the Purple Moose, which is actually how my parents met. Cause my mom was um, on vacation in Maryland and then she met my dad. That's how they met each other. What? Does he still do, does he still DJ? 
No, he does not DJ anymore. Primarily, he's my manager now. He helps gotcha. manage the band. Yeah, well, I was pretty sure I was talking to him when we were setting this up. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, wow. That's awesome. Well, that's the guy you want to have manage your stuff for sure. He's been around it. Knows how it works. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So um, that's it. That puts a really inter- uh, interesting perspective because you're kind of getting like the business angle of things from one side and you're getting like the performance angle of things and then just the joy of doing it. It's like this weird, perfect blend of things. Um well, that like that that really leads to like a good insight for musical growth. It sounds like you know. I don't know if it was like that for you going through, or if it was like. I mean, I mean, I think so. I honestly, I, I would definitely consider my success as an artist completely fifty fifty because half of it was just my love and my uh, effort in my craft, and the other half was my parents being like, "Hey, look, it's okay if you want to like." pursue music and we're going to help you and we're going to help you figure things out. And, you know, like I started when I was 14 and I didn't know how to manage a band. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. And so my parents would sit there and they'd be like, well, let's look at who's hiring right now. Let's figure out how to find more band members. Let's do this kind of stuff. And so just having that support has helped me out so much. And now that I'm, you know, 23, I'm finally in, uh, in a point in my life where I can now take the torch and like, I have a really good basis because of them. It was really awesome. Definitely. Like at 14, man, you're just trying to manage yourself. You know what I mean? Like how do I think or feel, let alone organize a group of other people that have those same things? Now uh, I'm, I'm honestly still trying to just manage myself. So the first band, was it anything like what we see now for you? Uh, well, originally, um, I, like I said, I just started as a duo. There mm-hmm. was a guy at my school named Sam and not he, not, <laughs> not the Sam, different, different Sam. Sam. Um, and he was, wanted to do music production and he had heard me singing some things and liked my voice. And he was essentially like, Hey, do you want to try to maybe record something together? Blah, blah, blah. And then that just kind of turned into him and I learning a set and then going out and doing some stuff. And then eventually we're like, Hey, uh, why don't we find a bassist? Hey, why don't we find a drummer? Hey, why don't we find a harmony singer? And then that was kind of the first iteration of the band. Mm. Uh, and then we broke up three months later (laughs) (laughs) and then, uh, I was just like, you know what? I, I'm just going to keep doing this. I, I, as soon as I started playing in bands, I loved it and I just didn't want to stop. And then since then I, rebuild a band back up and then that's how we got here gotcha so man so okay so it's always been has it been a vision do you have an outline for what the vision of the band will be or is it just trying to make you know i mean like because you guys got a particular sound in each record that you've done which i want to get to in a after kind of learning a little bit more about uh the two friends to the side of you i know our listeners can't see it but um do you did you approach as far as a band, like with the outside, like a, a sound, an image, not an image per se, but like a, I want to be this type of band. Or was um, it built around who was around you at the time for each project? Uh, kind of. The answer is yes to both, essentially. Okay. Um, I, one, just love every kind of music that exists. Um, so I've always been cool with doing all kinds of different stuff. I also feel like to be a good, well-rounded performer, you need to learn about all kinds of different musical genres. I agree. That's Um, a solid statement right there for sure. (laughs) 
and so I, and so yes, on one hand, it kind of depended on who I was working with at the time, the kind of music that we would make. I mean, I have certain musical genres that are my favorite, and I think that comes out more in my stuff. Uh, but I always, uh, on one hand, for example, I grew up loving 70s and 80s music, and I love bands with like big harmonies yeah and so that was always something that i wanted to do is have like big open harmonies while doing like pop rock music uh that being said i also you know i think all of my band members are really fantastic and i want to take their interests (laughs) and their musical uh abilities into account so on one hand i might be like oh well you know i kind of want to write a song like this and then i just let them work their magic on it you know gotcha so that's a, that's a a really healthy, productive sounding way to run a group. <laughs> well, now yeah, I mean that's what you have to do. Like you have, I, I, it's a little weird being a boss of people that are all your own age that you're also friends with, because it's like on one hand I sometimes have to be like, all right, everybody, we gotta get this, this, and this done today, and then sometimes I'm like, dude, let's just hang out and like play a rocker for three hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys, it, it's sonically, it's a really interesting. I don't want to. I want to keep on track because you guys kind of do that. You sonically, as far as how your albums go, it kind of bounces from that. But um, Sam, let's get a little bit about you and your background. Um, and where did uh, what was it like? Did you have music in the family? When did you start playing? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, big musical family. I actually had. Um, I have an uncle that actually is in New York. He plays drums professionally on Broadway. Uh, oh no way! That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. My grandpa uh, played in a polka band for like fifty years. What band? And they played like I still have people that like, come up to me and are like, "Yeah, my your your grandpa played at my wedding," which is a really cool thing. Do you uh, do you remember the name of the band? Uh, no, I, it was just it was not. I don't know if it was just um, one band, but it was he played with he played accordion and he would just go play with a bunch of different people. Gotcha. Accordion for hire? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's he would polka. Just go play with a bunch of different polka bands. Polka yeah. was a huge party party music. Like he I, played I. One, I do remember he played with a Phil Burns trio. I know that was him. Phil Burns? Okay. <laughs> okay. Because I know, like, you guys are Canton. Like, isn't the Polka yeah, Hall of Fame yeah. by you guys? Or is that Chardon? Yeah, football. Yeah, is that a dog? Yeah, that's nice. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, keep going. So your uh, <laughs> your grandpa played, it was the was the accordion player for hire. Yep. Yep. And my, like I said, my uncle plays drums. And I had another uncle that, you know. Toured for like ten years with a whole bunch of different bands. Which um, one is the Sydney Lauper one? Is that the that's, Broadway that's guy? Got, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that played at Broadway, the plays in Broadway now, played. He was Sydney Lauper's drummer for like twenty years. Wow. Um, yeah. So, so um, definitely musical family. So when I told my parents I wanted to do music, they're obviously very supportive. Um, and I kind of decided that I wanted to do that kind of like my senior year of high school, because what I was going to do was be a physical therapy major, okay. and um, well, I was right. already. What brought upon that? Did you see it in action? Was there someone? Or what? Oh, I just, um, well, I broke my wrist when I was a sophomore and I kind of got to see, I didn't actually go to rehab, but like, I kind of got to see how a lot of it worked when I was in the doctor's yeah. offices and things like that. So I like, oh, this would be pretty cool. Like this, this kind of something I'd be interested in. So I took some, you know, vocational classes my junior year. And then oh. I kind of decided like near the end, I was like, you know, if I don't at least give this music thing a try, I'm going to yeah. just wonder about it forever. It's like, you know, I think I'm going to disappoint my mom instead. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, no, I always make that joke. I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm a musician because I love performing and I love being poor. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I always tell people. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's kind of awesome. happened for me. Um, I, I grew up kind of like Rachel, like listened to a lot of seventies and eighties music. 
Um, and then I kind of, like, once I got into high school, I started, like, getting into a whole bunch of, like, pop punk and pop rock stuff. Um, and that's, 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 a, that's probably my main influence is, you know, I really love bands like Blink and Green Day. Yeah. Well, being um, a drummer like, well, is kind of hard Especially, like, Shine Down and Breaking Benjamin. So. What brought on the drums, though? What, 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 oh, what um, like, brought that instrument to you? As far was it because of your uncle? Because that's a pretty. It, <laughs> I don't want to give him credit. It was honestly, <laughs> honestly it was a little bit. Honestly, um, yeah. Seeing him play was pretty cool. That's um, pretty. Yeah. And I, that was like something that I would, thought was really awesome. Um, but no, I just started. I started playing. You uh, just have like drummer energy, honestly. Oh, absolutely. You really do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I started playing in fifth grade, and my buddy, my buddy approached me the same day, like the same day we started fifth grade band. I never played an instrument. Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm putting together a band. You want to join?" And we were together for like three years. It, we were so bad. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We were so bad. That's how we it goes. We were the worst. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we were the worst. But no, it was super, it was like super cool. And that's kind of how I started playing drum set. Um, that's, that's, a, you got to start somewhere. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. As long no, as you get better from the bad, that's all that that's, Yeah, no, yeah. That's what my dad always says. He's like, if you want to be good at something, you got to be shitty at something. <laughs> that's yeah. true. Like, yeah, that's true. That's a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like you can't, if you don't allow yourself to, fail and you just assume you're going to go in there and know it you're not going to get anywhere you know that's a failed mentality yep. if you assume you're going to go yep. in there and knock it the fuck out no you got to go in there and you got to bomb it and you got to be embarrassed and then you got to go home and you got to study the lick yeah. like, oh, <laughs> why doesn't it work <laughs> i mean there's nothing wrong with going in there and wanting to knock it out of the park you just can't no, get frustrated no, no. when you when you you just can't get frustrated when you don't so yeah <laughs> But that's a, no, there's nothing like yeah confidence and going in there wanting to do it is that that nothing wrong with that at all. But going in there, it's it's like too much of that. It's either like a um, um, there's like a um, like a conceited and incompetent, right? Yep. Pretty close and familiar like things, but one's just a little bit too much, you know. And like yeah, it's it, like. I find that you need to believe in yourself and know your worth as an artist, but also understand that you can always grow and learn from other people. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. I think think you guys can attest that I'm pretty self-confident. You are very confident. (laughs) (laughs) I remember (laughs) uh, Dom's 21st birthday is coming up, and we were talking about how we were going to try to celebrate it since everything's closed. Yeah. And he put on our group chat, he's like, oh, you guys don't... You don't even know. I get so confident I'm drunk. I'm like, what do you mean? You just float in the air. You're already so confident. What do you mean? What, what Dom, what does that look like? <laughs> is that like, is that like, hold on, I got this. What's your name? Like, I don't know. Sam's the confident guy. No, I just, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I thought you said Dom gets confident. <laughs> No, we're talking about his 21st birthday. We're going to get drunk on my birthday. Yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty confident. I get pretty confident when I'm drunk. And they're like, yeah, you kind of already are. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I might. Just, I, like, I think specifically drunk. I said, do you turn into a god? And you're yeah. like, almost. You're like, yeah. I was like, she's like, yeah, do you turn into a god? I'm like, yeah, I just like grow eight more arms and start moving, <laughs> you know, start moving shit telekinetically with my brain. Yeah. There, I got rid of that life. No. But, so you just become this confident god. Yeah. <laughs> You're like yeah. my uncle knows Cindy Lopper. <laughs> like no, no, no. Here's the thing. I, and I just confident. always want to have fun. No. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I told them this. I was like, I become confident. Whether it's warranted or not is a completely different story. <laughs> yeah. But the confidence is there. Like, like I'm not sure if I should be or, but it's there. So. <laughs> It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. I'm sure at times it can be, but. <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know, being aware of it, I think, speaks volumes about it. If, yeah, if at least please. you're self-aware. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. A character trait, if you know it and you can work with it and forewarn other people about it, it's not as, like, invasive or mean, you know what I mean, because they're pre-warned. It doesn't yeah, mean you yeah. should be reckless and unaware of yourself, but <laughs> being aware. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I told them that when I joined. Like, when I joined the band, I was like, 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 guys, if you think I'm doing something, like, wrong or terrible, like, please give me your criticisms because, you know, if it, I think you're doing something wrong or terrible, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> so please be honest with me. It's like, got to be two-way street. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yep. Well, yep. I think that's that's a solid point in le- leading with that and making that open communication, especially in a creative project that is with multiple people that have their own input is a huge thing because if you don't do that, you're going to butt heads or say nothing and build up this resentment towards your drummer. You know what I mean? And that's never going to... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, eventually... Yeah, let's can... prolong that resentment a little bit. At least yeah, let's... <laughs> let's, let's... Well, and I feel like if you're not having open communication with each other and you're not having, like, if there's not enough... Uh, essentially, just, like, enough negativity can, like, completely halt any creative process. Definitely. And it's like... Yeah. You know, and especially when you're working with creatives, there's a lot more emotions. There's a not a lot more vulnerability, and so then if you guys are budding with each other, like it's just gonna ruin the whole thing. Well, definitely, and like being aware of it, and like it sounds like you guys are knocking out of the park as far as like being cool with it and hearing each other. I just think like... we're all bros. Yeah. What's up, bruh? But it, it is important, and it's important to have, like, a leader and someone kind of... The dynamic of what you have to do, Rachel, as far as, like, being the bro and being the being the, the, being the homie and, like, the head honcho, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. playing the dual role where it's, like, how you're saying, like, you're your you're boss of these people your same age, but to, to a degree where it's not stifling everyone else's yeah. co- uh, creative intent, and it's not... Um, and it's not stunting the growth of the band. Like, so having a vision and having a... So that's a really tricky dynamic to pull off. Um, which leads me, did your uncle teach you that Cindy Lauper lick? Or did he, like... <laughs> I, kinda, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to leave that topic, but... Oh, no, no, um, it's okay. Yeah. As far as, like, having an uncle, a family like that, has he taught you any cool things? Like, if you do this, you know, you're always going to be in the right... You know, everyone loves this lick, or I don't know, like, little tricks no, to trade. honestly, like, the... Like, I, I usually, he lives in New York, so I really only see him. We usually go up there, like, every year for Thanksgiving, so I really yeah. only see him, like, once a year. Um, oh, that's who you visit in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, um, I'm just helping you guys learn more about each other. <laughs> no, honestly, I've learned, like, three things about Rachel that I just had no idea about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interviewing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. No, awesome. but honestly, like, the biggest, like, he he's a super serious dude. And uh, yeah. sometimes, like sometimes, I kind of don't like it because he's like impossible to joke around with. But if there's one thing I've learned from him, it's like, it, like just like if you just work your ass off all the time, you're gonna get somewhere. Um, Definitely, personally, and he does. Like he went, like his whole story is like he went to New York with like ten bucks in his pocket, wow. and like nowhere to live. And yeah. drums for your life, boy. Literally, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was, yeah. Wow. Um, he got a session for fifty bucks from some random dude that was in the city for a week, and that's how he kind of started. And he's just been grinded since then yeah and doing like uh, broadway shows being in pit gigs like you're reading you're doing some you know that's some hefty musician stuff that's not like yeah that's yep. uh, that's not like players theory you're you're following the chart and if you don't hit the drum when dorothy comes in you know what i mean it's uh, yeah. A, yeah. yeah a high stake gigs but oh yeah 
yeah, no, he let me he let me sit in his drum room for a couple of the and he played. I'm not sure if you're familiar with um for Kinky Boots with Kinky Boots. Oh, he was a drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a drummer of that show for like the first four years that it ran. Um, wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But he like he let me sit. In, like it's a really tight show. I was yeah. sitting in his drum room, like it's. Like, you have to be on it. When there's times. that much money moving around, you got to be, yeah, like, on tight, everything all the time. It is a tight ship. Yeah, they're running a tight ship. Yeah, when it's a production, it's a production for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Kinky, as far as Kinky Boots, I don't know anything about the music, but I know the logo. Logo. I can talk. And I can't remember yeah, why yeah. I know that. Maybe it was, like, a high school production or something I saw. Like I mean, it was, a, it was a pretty, I mean, it was a pretty successful musical. One, I, well, think, I think six Tonys, I think it was. Isn't it all Sydney Lauper music, right? Or it's, no, Sydney Lauper wrote it. Oh, uh, she wrote okay. City Lopper wrote the musical. Yeah. Okay, that's there we go. There we go. Yeah. There's a connection. <laughs> All right. Well, Dom, what about you, my friend? What got you on the guitar and got you up playing in the music um, one? If I'm being completely honest, um, <laughs> none of my uh, my parents didn't really play any instruments. My dad had guitar had a guitar layer. Yeah. But the thing that got me into music was School of Rock. The Jack Black yes. movie. Yes. A hundred percent. I can't even lie. That, that's a really interesting information. <laughs> You're I, not I can't the- even lie about it. I just, you know, I saw those kids jamming out to ACDC, and I was like, <laughs> you know what? That seems like something I would want to do. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. And now, what? Uh, you know, I I remember being influenced by that movie too. I was already playing guitar by that time, but I was like, this okay. is sweet. I want to do this more. And, like, you're not yeah. the first person to say that. Like, I think every generation has their, like, Beatles on Ed Sullivan. You know what I mean? Just in exactly. some form. And the fact yeah. that for some of us it's a Jack Black School of Rock is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> because I see nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, that movie fucking rocks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it taught me that it doesn't matter if you're a child, you can swear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love how Dom was like agreeing 100%. with me. He was like agreeing with me. He said Dom was going to make some deep quiet yeah. music. And then it was just about swearing. And he's like, wait a minute. I still agree. I still <laughs> agree. I still agree. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <sighs> you are Mr. Cool. Um. <laughs> uh, I, maybe not. But I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> That's going to boost my self-confidence even more. So, let's, guys, thank you. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Oh, I forgot about that. That is all. I got to use that again. That's that's. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, so you got influenced by the film, and then what? What actually led you to picking up the guitar? Like, was there? You well, said your dad had one laying around. Did he know a little bit? Yeah, my dad kind of always had an acoustic guitar that he knew a few chords or whatever. But yeah. um, I, I think it was like. Is that the one you still have? Yeah, that's the one. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, no, that's super cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a nice guitar or anything. But no, it's still it works. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, um, I I was playing games like rock band or guitar here or whatever else and my dad's basically like it was my dad i, I can thank for getting me a guitar because he was like stop playing video games like let me get you a real guitar <laughs> just like stop spending so much time playing video games. <laughs> so he got me i got a real guitar for christmas when i was nine or something like that and started lessons not too long after and uh yeah it's just you know, and then through middle school, I, I played soccer and stuff like that. And then I think around eighth grade, start of high school, I was like, I don't want to play soccer anymore. I just want to play guitar all the time. So that's <laughs> what I did. That's awesome. What was yeah, it? So music was always kind of my thing through high school through now. Gotcha. Same. Yeah. Same. Was there like a, 
I think being a guitar player too, you you come into into like a similar like a uh, approach. Like for you, what was it that made it make sense? Like was there like once you learned like this certain thing, you had to keep learning more, or like once that clicked, you're like, oh, I can apply that here. That's how this works. You know what I mean? Was there like a a moment that early on that made you want to keep going down the trajectory of guitar playing? Um, I think it was. Cause I definitely started with like back in black ACDC, like that album, nice. you know, strumming my, my, my open chords along to ACDC <laughs> with the gain on 10. Right. Um, but I think it was like getting into Led Zeppelin specifically. It was stuff that's a little more complex, yeah. but not out of a beginner's like wheelhouse necessarily. Like not all of it. Like it's challenging, but not impossible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I was yeah. kind of like, I was kind of like, Ooh, wait, this riff's fun, but it's it's like hard you know what i mean like i gotta work on it so i think it was that challenge with zeppelin specifically gotcha that was like whoa like this is cool people have made some cool stuff and i want to be able to do it too overcoming that and kind of clicking and seeing how it works yeah yeah, i remember like when you learn black dog you're like whoa this is hard but i did yeah yeah. (laughs) and then people requesting you're like "Ah, i don't know i don't remember (laughs) yeah exactly exactly well, then what brought this whole ensemble together as it is now? So you each had these trajectories. Um, Dom, I didn't ask, did you have, like, any bands earlier on before you met these guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think my first band I ever started was similar to Sam, like, fifth grade or something like that. And I've always just nice. kind of, you know, had a, a band. I had, I had some more, I had more serious stuff going in high school, for sure. Yeah. Um, doing, like, competitions and stuff like that. Um, like guys, what? Like the blues competition? I think that like was the thing. the high school rock off. Oh, okay, won okay. That, yeah, we won that. What group was that? Right about now. Uh, the I waves. We are called the waves. Yeah. Okay. We okay. won my senior year, so it would have been 2017. Dom, I still have a beef with you. He's been he's been promising me. He has a bunch of merch left over. He's yeah. Been promising, like, <laughs> he's laying around. And he's been promising, he gave me a T-shirt for like three months, and he still well, hasn't fucking done it. <laughs> so like. Come through, man. Okay, fine. I want one. All right, fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, gotta, show up for his, we show up for his birthday party. He's like, Sam, I have a gift for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to tell That's him, like, awesome. give me a t-shirt. I'll wear it to you. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Have people asking, I've never heard of that yeah. band. And be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that vintage merch, dude. Well, that's awesome. Okay, so that was a when and then where did that like end and what was after that? Was the scenic route um uh, straight out of that or was that still going at the no, same time? No, um so yeah, the waves we kind of started like sophomore year of high school, I want to say through senior year. I think the summer after senior year is probably our busiest gig-wise. And then everybody just kind of went to college, like singer went to Dayton. You know what I mean? Like it's hard yeah, to have band yeah. practice from Dayton, so Definitely. Um so it's just kind of just kind of faded out there at the end and I was playing one-off gigs here there with whoever I could in uh college for that first year of college and, and then uh, where'd you go I actually I've been at every college um I went to wow. Akron freshman yeah. year and then I went to Stark State and now I'm at Kent Stark <laughs> <laughs> with me with Sam yay so Got Sam's him a little bit ahead of me in the program 
But it's fun to see Dom at school and be like, hey, buddy, how are you? I, I think your guys' like school romance is so cute. <laughs> I love when they come to practice and they're like, hey, buddy, just like at school. <laughs> no, yeah, me and Dom have a, me and Dom sort of have a bromance, and I'm trying to get one going with Van, who's our bassist. <laughs> he's, just, he's just not having any of it. Like, every time I like make some weird little comment towards him, he just looks at me like I'm an alien. He's like, like, just, he gets grumpy. Yeah, yeah, he's, sure. yeah, he's like, Van's like the, Van is like the band old man. That's awesome. Yeah. Van's just like a, the cat of the band. Yes, that's better. That's a better analogy. Yeah. It's, He's a cool dude. <laughs> There's something to that, though. I feel that dynamic's <laughs> important, too. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. like, as far as it, you, you have this very energetic personality. So you having the that the feed off of too, like, um, yeah. I think leads to a good persona. And like, I think that's important to have that kind of fun connection. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I've always said there's six of us in total, and like three of us are introverts, and the other three are extroverts, and then we just like true. pair up like that. <laughs> absolutely true. Let's see. Oh, sorry. Hold on one second. This thing going off. It's pretty accurate statement, though. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. it's like it's me, Dom, and Matt, and then you, Chad, Sam, everybody. Um, all right. So, so that went that direction, and then when did you guys meet? Now, was the scenic route because uh, Rachel, you've been doing projects for a while. Did you meet Sam or Dom first, and was that one of the first uh, iterations of um, the scenic route, or did this kind of come together with this unit we have in front of us here today, like? Well, I, like I said, I kind of started that original band, and then we, like, broke up after three months, and then I met uh, a new group of people, and they were the band for, like, the next two years, and then same thing that happened to Dom, we all got to college age, and then we all broke up because we all went to college, uh, but again, I was just like, I'm not gonna stop, I'm just gonna, you know, keep going, and I just never changed the name because, uh... No, I just always like yeah. it. And then at this point now, like people know us as that name. So I felt like there was no reason to change it. Definitely. Um, That's a good move. So, for sure. uh, re- Van, our bassist has been with me the longest. He was the first person I met after I decided I was going to like pick it back up and get stuff going again. Uh, he's been in for like five or six years at this point. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then Chad, our other guitarist is like the second longest and then, uh, you guys aren't really newbies at this point, but they're kind of the newbies. They've been in for, like, a year, maybe a year and a half, maybe even two years at this point. I'm not exactly yeah, sure. I, I joined, uh, last June. Oh, last? wow. So it's coming up about a year. Yeah, about last, a year. Yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah, wow. It feels like it's been longer, though, because we just <laughs> see each other all the time, but... That's accurate. We basically all just met through the internet, honestly. Yep. That, that's awesome. Yeah, they, they texted me, like, in January of 2019. They're like, hey, you want to come audition? And then they texted me, like, a week later and said, never mind, we got somebody, and then... I got a text. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, and then I got a text from them in June, like, "Hey, we're firing our drummer. You still want to come on?" Hell yeah! I'll bring my stuff. That's awesome. Okay, so that kind of like when I was looking into your guys' music, um, and I say your guys' is, I guess maybe meaning just, I mean, I guess it's all your guys's. Um, but like that makes sense. The records, each one of them has sonically such a different landscape. Yeah. And like. Um, like, the latest one, Ultraviolet, is so, like, kind of how you described what you liked, th- like, thick vocal harmonies, and, like, it's, like, got these pop influences, and it's all over the... It's a really good record. And then, Thank like, uh, Ghost is, like, a... it's a, That's, like, a classic rock record. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it jumps from, like, one thing to the next, and each one is super well done. 
Um, but that makes more sense now that there is some kind of member member rearranging. And, uh, yeah, and then it's funny because this album we're working on right now is a, a pretty big, like a pretty perfect pop rock blend. Like, yeah, we have some songs that are a little poppier. I mean, they all have the big harmonies. So that's just something I've always liked. But and three vocalists, yeah, and three yeah. vocalists, yeah. But like some of our songs are a little more poppy. It, uh, like our song "Wild" is basically just a, a pop dance song, and then we have another song called "Hunters," which is like I call it cute metal. Because <laughs> uh, it's like my preppy little high voice, and then we have just a metal breakdown in the middle of the bridge. Like so, you know, That's it, awesome. it's just uh, I, you know, I really like an eclectic mix, and I think it's I honestly find it to be really boring to just do the same thing over and over again. And I look at uh, songs as different pieces of art, and then I look at albums as like art collections, essentially. And so I just I don't you know I don't want to do the same thing every single album, and I don't want to do the same thing every single song, and so. Part of that is uh, just me getting bored, and part of it is yeah. my amazing band. So that's awesome. Uh, well, I think that's a really interesting outlook out of it. Looking like it's a this is an art showing, and each piece represents a different thing. It can have a different medium. You can have a sculpture next to a painting in an art gallery, and no one's like, "Whoa!" But like on on a record, if it's like I don't know a reggae song next to a, a, a jazz song, people are like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, I've never thought of it in that context. That's a really cool way to look at it. But um, so wow. Okay, so that last record, Ultraviolet, you got, you two are both on it, right? Sam, um, Sam and Dom. We I, we were both not. No, they, no. they okay. joined like right after we put that out. I Chad and Bam were both on that. Okay, because yeah. you said 2019. That's when that one dropped. So I just put two and two together. But, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I auditioned for that. I auditioned for you guys. I think the day before you dropped that that record. Yeah, you're right. You did. Yep. Because then we had one more show with our old drummer, which was the album release show, and then yeah. like the next week we had you in. Yep. Where'd you guys do that at? Uh, Oracle in downtown Canton. Okay. Okay. Canton's got a cool music scene, man. Yeah. Well, honestly, really, just Ohio in general has a really fantastic music scene. I don't think a lot of people that aren't from here realize that. I would agree with that. Uh, but there, if you look around, like almost every winery, every bar. Even just little places want bands in. Like there's there's a lot of music around well, here. Like, you can you, find it. Like if you bring, like it's crazy the amount of like good musicians that like have come there's, out of Ohio. Yeah, like, there's an amazing like, group of musicians come out. Like Tornado Pilots is from Columbus. Star yeah, Star Walk the Moon's from uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, Walk the Moon. Uh, Black Keys is from Akron. You know, Starset is also from Columbus. Like there's just a lot of really huge successful bands that have come out of Ohio. And like they didn't. It's not like they started in Columbus and then moved to L.A. and then that's where they hit it. You know, they they hit it and they still like live in this area. Like, I know Starset still lives in Columbus, you know. I think the Dave Chappelle lives so here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Eric Clapton lives in Columbus. Really? I, yeah. He yeah, moved, he moved there. It's a good he, spot. Yeah. Was it, um, I don't know if it's still now. I'm sure he's probably got, you know, a few houses everywhere. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's a good point. And, like, even just the kind of what you guys did with the virtual show, the fact that that exists, that there is a medium, there is a safety net designed to help musicians during this time just kind of is the icing on the cake of how awesome the music scene is here you know what i mean yeah, that's, absolutely that's yep. a non-profit they got grants to give musicians like like a hundred bucks to play four songs plus tips what you know get out of yeah. here that's just it's we are definitely super super lucky to be in like where we are and like with the amount of like spots and oh, people absolutely. there are. you know we were working with a um 
a A&R development label recently based out of Arizona. And uh, when we were talking to the lady in charge, she said, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but one of the biggest music scenes in the country right now is in Ohio. Yeah. Whoa. That's awesome. Did she pin it? Yeah, I, I, I thought like... that was pretty crazy. And she's like, yeah, a lot of people don't think that, but they're like, there's, like I said, there's music everywhere in Ohio. Yeah. And it's, it's like a crossroads as far as where you can go. Like if you're a band from Houston, Texas, you're you're not making it too far out of Texas. But if you're a band yeah. in Ohio, three hours in any direction, you can hit like another whole market. You know what I mean? You can hit yeah, Michigan. Absolutely. It's like the, the six hours. You're you're almost to Chicago, and you're almost to New York. And like depending where you are, you are in New York. Like it's yep. it's a really cool spot to be. <laughs> And then yeah, we seven hours from here. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> well, we like every. This is the first summer we do, but we usually every summer go out to. Uh, we do like a little tour in the states yeah. around us, so like Maryland, uh, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, just because you know it's only like a five-hour drive. And yeah. Why not just drive up, play there for a weekend, and then come back home? Like. Yeah, that's awesome. The weekend warrior dash is definitely the way to go as far as touring is concerned. <laughs> Because if you if you go out for the whole week, then you actually gotta like worry about making money. But if you go out for like a weekend, <laughs> you can you can go out there, make nothing, and like meet like the person who runs the venue and come back next time and then have a good show. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah. so like how often? Do, so you guys do that every summer? Uh, this is the first year we didn't do it just because of the way things yeah. worked out. But yeah, like the past three or four years, we've done that every summer. That's awesome. What's that like? Because you guys, I mean, you guys play a lot here. So going to a completely different town, is it refreshing? Or is it a, I don't like, is it like, I can play this song that I've played over night after night. And usually it's like at one level, but here it's like at a hundred because they've never heard it. Well, I personally have a lot of fun when we do that because I, uh, all of my family lives in those states. And then like, my interme- my immediate family and then my father's mom are the only family that live here in Ohio. Yeah. So uh, originally that was kind of how it started. It was just like I have this whole family and tons of cousins and aunts and uncles who have never got to see me play. And so we just went out to West Virginia and uh, booked a show at a winery there and had my whole family. And then that just kind of turned into like, a whole other thing, like the town that my uh, mom is from, Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, they have a uh, famous hotel there that George Washington used the hot springs at. What? And um, it's just this gorgeous old hotel, and it's right in front of a giant castle that some guy built there. <laughs> um, yeah. And so they basically have us back every year, and we just play in their courthouse, and it's really fun. Like, it's just... It's cool because... Uh, you know, you get that like small town vibe, and so I, uh, you know, I get to see my family. But then also, I remember last time we went, uh, the rest of the band decided they were going to take a walk in downtown Broco Springs, which it's only a mile long the whole town, so that's not a wow. lot of place. But <laughs> they're walking around they're like, yeah, it's really cool. We went to some random thrift store, <laughs> and they were only selling old guns. But the lady <laughs> let us take her dog for a walk, and that was pretty cool. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> It's quite a place, yeah. It's very fun. How about, and then you know, you're then you're right next to Maryland, so then you can yeah. go to Ocean City. You can there's just there's you're right. Ohio is a really nice central place to just travel all over. 
That's cool. That's a, the George Washington Hot Springs. I'm trying to think of what that would be called, like the the the, the cherry cherry tree springs. Uh, uh, it only costs a quarter the the use these springs. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> wow. There's a joke there somewhere. There's, yeah. there's got to be something. Let's, let's, I'm going to pause and we're going to, no. Uh, yeah. We're going to figure this out. That's really cool. I think it's important too. Like, I I play in a band called C Level, letter C dash. Um, and uh, when we play out, or when I, I'll do like a thing where I'll go by myself and then I'll bring the band maybe a couple months later. And mm-hmm. I try to stick to doing one week in a month. And like, when I, I don't know, to me, going somewhere and doing something that you've done every night in one spot somewhere else becomes the most exciting thing ever because, like, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And then I get it all amped yeah. up. Like, I got to find their coffee shop, and then I got to find their record store. And, like, <laughs> I don't know. I really like going out and exploring and seeing the same stuff in different towns. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just fun to travel in general. I mean, you have to like it in this business, honestly. So yeah, you for just sure. kind of use traveling. It's just part of it. Was it a... Uh, Another, do you guys, uh, uh, as far as band van, do different? No, we, no, that's a goal. That's on the okay. wish list. Oh, you know? on the... Please, please let it happen. It's, <laughs> uh, I'm sure it will eventually. Uh, also, you know, we were maybe going to see if we could do a tour this summer. I don't know if we're going to be yeah, able to now yeah, because of Corona. But uh, eventually we will have a band van. Eventually it'll happen someday. I guess uh, it le- this leaves room to save up for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a, uh, there's a used car place right down the street from me and they have a, um, it's like an old Italian sausage food truck, man. (laughs) They're selling and I'm like, guys, we don't get that truck and we're not a real band. You definitely need to get that truck. school bus for sale. And I'm like, what? Amazing. Amazing. Even better. Oh, you gotta get that. That's (laughs) hopefully it's got no miles on either of them. And like, (laughs) Um, I have a couple other side questions kind of veering off the course. You guys got all these LMA awards, like going all the way back to like the beginning of a uh, beginning, like of 2013. Um, yeah. I think Rachel, you could probably speak more on this cause I don't think there's anything past 2017, but what is that? Like you guys have been killing it. <laughs> well, it was, um, it was kind of like a, it was just a local music award ceremony, Okay. but it was, um, locally voted. There wasn't like a committee. It was purely just like, Hey, if your fans vote for you, then this and this. And, uh, I can't, I honestly can't remember them all off the top of my head, but I think we got best stage presence. Uh, I know that we've got best lyrics for one of our original songs called, uh, Maya song. And I, we got something else. I can't remember which that one is off the top of my head, but it was just super cool. And, That's you know, awesome. um, that was, you're right, that was pretty early on in the band. And just being able to have some kind of recognition for the work and the time that you put into your craft and knowing that other people like it enough to give you awards, like, yeah, that's, that's the best feeling ever. Yeah, it's it's one thing to have them endure it, being you know go to a bar. I'm like, this is the original, and they're always like, oh, okay. And then yeah. that, you know what I mean, like, and then hear the applause afterwards. That's like a win. But to get notoriety for it, that's awesome. Especially to get like yeah, absolutely best Super lyrics. Exciting. That's you know, kind of going into that with like songwriting. How's that work? Do you come up with like a melody and a lyrical like or a, a progression and bring it to the band, or is it like a unit, um, a unit like a someone comes in with this chord progression, then you lay a melody on or someone else has a melody and you put lyrics on. 
is there like a, a band dynamic to writing or uh, i'd say we're definitely like a go with the flow kind of band okay. i would consider in terms of like melody and word of uh, not words Lyric. you know <laughs> yeah. lyrics um, word. <laughs> Chad and I are the primary writers in that regard. Okay. Um, but like, for example, that song I was talking about earlier, Hunters, that purely started because I was just like, I want to write a really cool song. And I looked at Dom like, do you have any cool riffs? And he's like, oh, I have this. I'm like, perfect. Let's write a whole song to it. Sweet. Uh, and so, I yeah, it's really just like Chad and I, a lot of times we'll come up for an idea. Sometimes Chad will write a whole song. Sometimes I'll write a whole song. Sometimes... We'll just have little bits and pieces, and we'll come together and write something. It's a lot and then, of workshopping, too. Yeah, a lot of workshopping. And then just, like, taking it to the band and being like, all right, guys, let's, like, figure it out. Let's see what we want to do here and sprinkle our magic on it. And band, throw your bass parts on. Yeah, basically. Yeah, throw your guitar parts on. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I wouldn't have these guys in my band if I didn't appreciate and enjoy their uh, artistic talents. And so it's like, I feel... Like, I am stunting uh, not only their, uh, like, their, what's the word I'm looking for? Growth. Kind of. Just how much you put into the band. I feel like I'm, if I don't let them help with writing, and I feel like I'm stunting their ideas and their creative freedoms. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't. I don't want to have people in my band and then be like, oh, well, you're just going to do what I say. No one's going yeah, to, like, I yeah. just think that's dumb. Just I, shut up and play this drum part. Yeah, basically. <laughs> shut up and play the solo. Yeah. The, the best stuff we've ever written is when we're all sitting together and we're excited about a song. And then, you know, we go, oh, well, let's try this here and let's try this here and let's do that. That's how you end up with something that everyone likes and something that's really good. Definitely. You know? definitely. Six heads is better than one, right? For sure. And, like, just to have everyone sold on one idea of a thing. You know what I mean? Or not sold yeah, on absolutely. it, but believe in one idea and want to convey a group message which is i think if anything's the, the miracle of making a band work that's it having six people agree on a thing and support it <laughs> like yeah wow sure okay so it's kind of a mix mash it's not really like um it's is there like a i guess maybe you can speak on like because like ultraviolet is really like that's a tight record everything fits really well together like the harmonies and like the lyrical content of it so, like, with a project like that, did you, like, for each song, like, take a, or lyrically, let's even, because um, you can speak more on that, um, is it more like a, a group, like, this mood is conveyed with this, you guys kind of talk about it, or you take it, kind of meditate on it, and bring it back, and, like, this is what I got, what do you think? Uh, again, it's kind of a little group. mix of both. Okay. Um, sometimes I will, you know, Chad and I, or the band, will come in with a definite idea on a song we want to write. Like, for example, Coming For You off of uh, Ultraviolet, I specifically was just like, I love to write, like, a sexy little slow jam rocker number. Uh, and then Chad was like, all right, how about this? And then he, like, came up with the riff, and then we just wrote the song from there. Uh, sometimes it's like, I personally uh, write the best when I'm really upset. Uh, so enough. a lot of my music that I write specifically is me uh, envisioning an emotion or something like an event that's upsetting me and just like blurting it out onto paper and then turning it into a song. Uh, and, and, you know, so sometimes it's like a situation. Sometimes it's a feeling. Sometimes it's just, oh, I really like this riff. Let's write a song to it. Yeah, there's that's definitely awesome. not like a set. Yeah. Know, there's not a structure at all. Like, yeah. like you said, like Hunter's 
the, this new song that we're kind of like, it's definitely just like Dom wrote this cool riff or then we wrote a song about it. But you know, like yeah. we, were, we were writing, we were writing last night and you know, we were writing songs and they were, you and Chad were talking about the, the mood you wanted to set for the, you know, for this one song that we're going to try to put on the record and all this right. other stuff. Right. So, well, I mean, yeah. It's, okay. um, so it's kind of cool. It's definitely changes with each, with each song. That's awesome. So at least, so it's it sounds like it just all around from like this whole conversation of um, your leadership of it and everyone's uh, ability to um, communicate and be expressive. It sounds like a really like healthy like functional band. You guys got to yeah. write. A, I mean, yeah, I think yeah, I know. <laughs> you need to write a self band help book and like yeah. no, no, it'd be it's a crazy. DIY. It's mind blowing to me. What? Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> No, because I've been in so many, like, you know... Oh, yeah, Dom has horror stories. <laughs> yeah. Dom has straight horror dude, stories. Every, you know? every musician does. Yeah, yeah, everybody's got, you know... Dude, where are you? Practice at six. We said it yesterday. Uh, 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 oh, sorry, I'm three hours away. Yeah. I can't... Dude, Dom's I feel me. like we're finally all adults that yeah. care about our craft, uh, and yeah. we uh, show up and we get shit done. Dom's told me stories about how he was, like, literally the babysitter for his last Oh, time. God. <laughs> I remember you said that we were were at a a plate, a sushi place we like, and you said that. And as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh my God, you have my heart. I know exactly. (laughs) I I understand you on such a deeper level now that I've never understood you. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's just like, I've always, this might sound weird, but I've always looked at running a band almost as being in like a long-term relationship. Cause on one hand you have to learn how to make those compromises to make things work with people, but also you're just not going to work with people if your personalities are too different. Like you have to find people whose personalities work together. And, uh, you know, that's like when you start touring, like, Oh, absolutely. We're, you're around each other all the time. You don't like each other. You can't do it. Yeah. Well, like, honestly, like the weirdest thing about quarantine for me was like, there was like a month where I just didn't see these guys. Like after seeing them like, like three times a week for like eight months, I just didn't see them for like a month. And I was like, I, it was like a really weird feeling. Yeah. I remember the first practice we had, uh, like once we decided to come back together and practice, yeah. everyone was just so excited. We spent like two hours just talking to each other because we're like, oh my God, we haven't seen each other in so long. <laughs> That's awesome. There's definitely a thing like, at, at, yeah, with same with like with my band when we all got back together, there was that like, Blah, 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 blah. Everyone's super excited to be in the same presence of each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's so good to be back, yeah. yeah. Which I think speaks volumes on the, the people you surround yourself with. And, oh, um, absolutely. And like I said, if you if you have personalities that clash with you or if you have negativity in the band, I just feel like, at least especially for me, it just completely blocks all of my creativity. Yeah, And it yeah. really, like, it, and it not just... it. It also like makes me scared enough that I don't have the confidence to be the artist that I want to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, being a songwriter is very vulnerable, and even if you're writing things that aren't personally about you, like just putting your art out there is such a vulnerable and scary thing. And so, if I don't have my bros with me, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it just it makes you scared, and it, I feel like it makes me retract more as an artist. Versus when I'm in a group of people that are like, oh, that's awesome. Let's work on that. Let's try that. We got to get this perfect. It just, you know, it just expands the creative process so much more. Yeah, it's the same thing as like when you're with a group of, like when you're, when you're with a group of friends, you're going to be, yeah. like, be yourself and not hold yeah. them back. When you're with a group of people that you don't like, you're obviously not going to. Right, you're, you're just going to shut down. You're not going to say very yeah. much. You're going to be withdrawn and, you know. And I, 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 
definitely. And and just to be able to like, you know, as a group, it's a lot easier to do a thing. And we stand for this. But when you're by yourself, you're like, I, I stand for this. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's like right, this. Because at least if we're bad, we're all bad together. You know? Like, yeah, yeah. There's the team, and there's like the taking on the world together type thing, and like. I don't know. It's a super special. You guys got to do, you got to come out with a book called The Scenic Route, <laughs> a DIY uh, guide to um, a, a healthy band relationships. I, I would title it, I would title it, Show Up to Practice, Asshole. <laughs> You're not wrong, honestly. Yes, That's chapter. 99% of it. It's like, just show up. Yeah. Just show up. Not chapter two. It's chapter two is showing up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> chapter one is informing them to show up. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> chapter one, pick up the guitar. Chapter two, come to practice. Yeah. Um, so what what do we got to look out for as far as the scenic route coming out soon? I know like uh, you got the new record in the works, but when can we expect to see some singles, some stuff floating around? Well, our, our, we have a... Uh, like a whole schedule planned out that has now been changed a little bit because of everything that's going on. And then also because our first single, uh, that we're going to release, which is called I'm giving you up right before we are about to send it in for mastering and get it finished. We just decided there was something we had to add to it real quick. Accordion. And so that kind of like pushed it back another two weeks. Cause we were like, we yeah. have to get this right. We have to get this part. Uh, and then, so that pushed it back another like two weeks. Cause then we had to re-record that and then yeah. go and send it to get it mastered. Uh, but it is like fully finished and I were thinking it was originally going to be released the first, uh, Friday in June. We now believe it like is going to be the third Friday in June. Okay. Okay. So, uh, further and down. then we're essentially just going to try to do, release a single each month. And okay. then, depending on how things go, maybe release the full album like at the beginning of the next year. Okay. Wow. How many how many tracks are you, are on the record? So far, twelve. Okay, so you got a year's worth. Nice. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, we got a whole bunch of stuff. Wow. And when you guys record, where? So obviously, you're sending it out to master. But when you record, are you going to a place or are you doing it all yourselves? Well, it's a yeah. I mean, you can talk about it if you want. We did. We actually did. Um, the first two singles we did at um, the studio at Kent State Stark because we got mm -hmm. a cool Keystone project. Yeah, yeah, we got a cool like, um, you know, when when the students are graduating from there. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, so when the students are graduating, they have to you, like record a band and then mix it, then master it themselves. Okay. Um, so we kind of we know, got like some raw recordings. Yeah, we got yeah. some raw recordings, and you know, Chad, who's who is our very. Very wonderful. Uh, our gracious leader, very, our music leader. Yeah, he's our very wonderful, very OCD guitarist. <laughs> yes, he's, he's a he's a whiz. He's a production whiz. He whiz. So he's he's great. I said he whiz. Oh he no, whiz. that's not what no, I said. He I is so not what we mean. Um, but no, he's he's really really great. So he wanted to do it himself, and we're really super happy with the job. He oh, did. he's so fantastic. Yeah, he did yeah. the primary. Uh, primary he, mixing production on Ultra Violet. Ultra Violet. Yep. Okay. Yep. What about the following well, projects? Good, so we got to record that. At the Kent State Stark Studio, we recorded everything there from drums to, you know, yeah, vocals, like the first guitars, everything. Gotcha. Um, but now we are in a position where it's, it's that, that was free, but now it's really, it's hard <laughs> to rent studio time for everything. So uh, I have a setup at home yeah. um, that is a, I mean, not too mad horn, but I really like the sound. Um, I think it's pretty <laughs> I good. Too, Sam. I like it a Thanks, lot. Thanks, buddy. Your cover yeah. sounds good, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think you Dom's got one too, and Van does, and Chad's got a killer home studio. So 
Really, yeah. the only person that we're taking into the studio is <laughs> It's basically so far, it's been like, uh, we work with uh, Real Grey Studios, which is a recording art uh, studio down here. Yeah. Oof. Oh, you, I can still hear you. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, which uh, Ron Gray, the guy who owns it, is absolutely fantastic. He's just like this amazing little hippie, and he's so dope. <laughs> I love that dude. Yeah, he's great. He has, like, this 70s vintage studio. It's so That's cool. That's awesome. Uh, and so I've been going in there to track vocals. Dom has been going in there to track guitars. Uh, and then our mastering is being done by Ben Payne, uh, who's also fantastic. He did uh, the production for our, our, like, first album we ever did, and then we've just worked with him ever since. And then, uh, you know, sometimes I go up to Chad's house, and we'll record some stuff up there. Chad is doing a lot of the production in his home studio. And so it's really just like a little hodgepodge, like our band. It's like a little hodgepodge uh, where we're going here a little bit and then we're going here a little bit. And that's just yeah. kind of what you got to do right now. So just make it work for sure. Yeah, definitely now because I don't think any studios are going to be like, yo, come on in, lay down some right, sweaty gray, drum tracks. Like, <laughs> like, at Real Grey, at least, like, it's like, oh, well, you guys can stand here and I'll be in the isolation booth and we'll just talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. Well, that's that's a really cool way to make it work. It, uh, that has to save a lot of money too. If you're coming in with all these parts put together and you're kind of just assembling it, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's almost the songs assembled in blank studio. Like, you know what I mean? Like um, recorded at my house, assembled at the like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it makes it so like you can you know like you can sort of take your time a little bit more too. You know, like yeah. if, you're, if you rent three hours in a studio and you say, okay, these are the three songs that we want to finish tracking guitars for on you know on this day we rent these three hours. You're like it's it's a hustle to get in there and get those done. Otherwise, time you, is money. Oh yeah, otherwise you just wasted a whole bunch of money because you didn't yeah. get done what you wanted to get done. But like if you're recording at home, you know, if you you have as much time as you want. So if you're recording it and you say, you know, I like certain parts of that take, but you know. There's this one fill that I really hate, or there's this one lick that I really don't like. You can go back and you can fix that as many times right. as you want until you get it. Yeah, um, definitely. And then, you know, it's... like our first single, if we randomly suddenly are like, you know what, we have to change this part. We have to do this Exactly. Yep. We, you know, I can just run up to Chad's house and we can change it real fast and then yep. send it out. Got, when you guys master it, who do you send it out to? Do you use the same ben guy? Ben Payne. Ben Payne, okay. Yep. I, I can't for the life of me remember his studio, because he moved studios recently. I don't remember the new name. Gotcha. Uh, but Ben Payne is the the guy who owns it. He's been doing our mastering. Cool, cool. And that's mastering such a big difference as far as a final product. It's yeah, it just puts you, that little sparkle on it. Yeah, but yep. that little sparkle makes it shine. You know what I mean? Like it's Very it definitely brings out like it's such an important process. Um, okay, so looking at a couple weeks from now, June, whatever mm-hmm. the third Friday would be. I think it'd be like June nineteenth. June nineteenth. Like, yeah. like a Heston date on it. Drop in the first single. All right, cool. Well, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me. Um, do you feel good about yeah. this? Do we touch upon everything? Yeah, absolutely. Anything else we want to add before we wrap it up? Uh, I guess if I can, I'll plug our social media real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, we are on Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, uh, at TS Route, and then we're just on Facebook. Uh, just search the Scenic Route. And then we're also on Spotify. Yep. Oh, and uh, sunscreen? Sunscreen? Sunscreen. What about it? I think a, a particular individual in your band might need some after that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh poor boy. baby. Yeah. yeah, I just want to see really the whole 
whole bunch of videos of us being weird and you know having a good old time. I'll, Definitely I'll, follow us on social media. I'll spill I'll spill thing. a little tea about that post. Okay. In the post, in the video, it looks like I'm poking him way harder than I am. I'm barely touching his yeah. skin. <laughs> I'm like, okay. yeah. boop. In the video, it looks like I'm pressing down really hard, and that's why his his skin is doing that. It's not. It's no. just I'm going. Well, the other thing is too, like, like that. We played a show he got Saturday. So red, poor guy. Oh yeah, we played a show Saturday. That was at our Tuesday band practice. He was still that summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go to our wow. Instagram and check it out. Like, is it? He's still pretty pink. He yeah. is. Yeah, it's been what now? It's just been. He's definitely like full blood European boy. Like, yeah. throughout thirteen days, that's he's still awesome. summer. Like. Or Chad, man, go to the Instagram and check out the video. That same, it'll make you laugh and feel sad at the same time. That same show that he got burnt. Yeah. Uh, Dom got hit with a flying <laughs> pavilion. By a what? And then yeah. when it happened, I was like, "We blew the roof off." <laughs> you got hit. Wait, I didn't hear. What did you get hit by? Yeah, it was one of those like tents. You know, because we're outside. Oh, okay, so okay, okay. Or what? Yeah. God yeah, damn. so it, the whole thing's like blowing in the wind the whole day, and then it ripped off and the track. And then it just decided to drilled him right at the end of a song. Yeah, oh, man. Last, no, yeah, it was. It was. It, we were playing X's and O's by L King, and like, yeah. like bam, 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 bam. There it goes. And then it just went in Tom. Yep. Yeah. Apparently but, it looked a lot worse than it was. It did look pretty scary. It did <laughs> it look did, pretty it scary. Looked like God just decided to tomahawk you. That's what it looked like. Gigging so dangerous now. Can't even leave the house. <laughs> Should just be streaming from here on out. There's tents and the sun and the corona. <laughs> this is all horrible. <laughs> Dude, yeah, the first gig I ever played with these guys, some really drunk woman got in a bar fight. With That's, this, true. Uh, with the That's true. That's true. I remember. I was like, it's not always like this. Like, I promise. She's like, it's not always like this. And I'm like, can it be? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's like, fun. This is like post-show entertainment. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Jeez, what else is a crazy gig story? That's if that's. Oh God, there's so many, dude. I there's a. I remember. Okay. Oh man, I'm trying to think of a good one. Like I remember the one, of them, one of them. they told me is the old guitarist from before I was in the band. Like, like saw some dude like pushing and shoving a girl or something. So he ran and, off the oh, stage was, and like tomahawked him and knocked him out. Yeah, he Whoa. he like pushed him over and then he hit his head and got knocked out. <laughs> Cool. And then, yeah. and then our guitarist Jeez. is like, um, and he just ran back on stage. And then later we like watched it was in the, the middle cops. of the song. Yeah, it was yeah. in the middle of the song. We watched the cops come over and look at him, and then the guy kind of like came to and left. And I was like, and then later there was like a blood spot on the car, and I was like, dude, Whoa. oh my gosh. There needs to be a chapter in our book about that. We yeah, about about that. terrible like <laughs> stories. Yeah. Don't start fights while you're I, on stage. I, oh my god, I could fill a, a book up with the crazy stories about musicians. <laughs> that I, I have. That, I think the weirdest thing somebody asked me at a show was somebody asked me for oh god I feel so bad telling this somebody asked me for my shirt at a show like after the first where it was like the first of three sets and somebody asked me for my shirt after the first one I was like uh, like I thought they meant like where like asking like where I got it because it was a pretty funny shirt it was like like one of those thing one shirts except oh it was the sexy yeah, shirt yeah it said, instead of thing one it said sexy one it's literally the dumbest thing that I own um, <laughs> yeah but That's somebody awesome. asked me for the shirt and I was like like oh I don't remember where I got it you know so long or whatever she goes, no, no, like, can I have it? I'm like, uh... Can you like, have the shirt off my back? No. <laughs> that's... Do you... What? Yeah, that's... I remember here. I got another one real quick. I remember... <laughs> we were playing this show, and this... this Bless his heart. Sometimes people come up to us and try to talk to me while I'm currently singing, and I'm that's, like, I can't talk to you right now. That's the um, worst. This, this drunk guy came up, and he kept trying to, like, ask for songs. Yeah. And when they do that, I literally just point at someone who's not singing, like, no, you go talk to them. Yeah. Uh, and so he kept he kept asking us to play these, like, 
super crazy obscure songs no one had ever heard of <laughs> and then I, I, we were finally like look i'm sorry but like you need to you know leave this, us alone like he, he came up like Stop. five times within three songs and this. then uh when we took our break my <laughs> my drummer walked up Not me. to the bar yeah our old drummer walked up to the bar and was getting a glass of water and that guy was sitting right next to him and i saw he was like talking to him my drummer kind of was like oh and i heard he was getting loud so i came over and i was like oh hey man come on we gotta get back on stage real quick just to like get him out of it and then i was like what was wrong why is he yelling he's like well he kept asking me for more songs i didn't know and then when i told him we didn't know any of the songs he asked for he's like you guys are millennials. You should know every song that exists. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's A-class big brain right there. Because that makes Thanks. sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I think uh, uh, it was either Ray Flanagan or Brent Kirby was, like, labeled that the, the ask hole. <laughs> who, <Yeah>. ask, <laughs> who asks okay, you stuff yeah. while you're playing. Um, I, th- I, had a, I, had a, I had a drunk guy put a $20 bill, which was very nice, in... <laughs> my water cup because i have a swirly gig that sits on my like Whoa. mic stand yeah and he walked up and i guess he thought that was the tip jar and then just my <laughs> brand new cup of water just put a 20 dollar bill in there and i was like oh thanks Ooh. and then i had to pour that water out and try that shake <laughs> off that 20 dollar bill i still got the 20 dollars yeah i mean as far as a 20 dollar wash job you know that's got, great got a little bath before I got it. yeah just it's a cleanest money you made that night i don't know <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I found this article on you guys, and there was a, a crazy gig story. You can uh, denounce or, 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 or expand upon it, but it says, uh, uh, Rachel said, your first kiss and first breakup was at a gig. <laughs> Is this true? Really? I think you told me that, yeah. It's I a, can't. It says uh, she had a gig on her high school graduation day as well as her 16th Slash 18th and 21st yeah. birthday. Yeah. I don't, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's a... If <laughs> that was such a weird day, my graduation, because I, like... First of all, I mean, I finished high school because I think, like, obviously a basic education is important. But I yeah, didn't sure. really care. And I had one of the biggest graduating classes in my high school that year. It was, like, 500 kids. And so I, my last name is C, so I got mine pretty early, and then I just passed out for the rest of the thing and woke up with disease. Yeah. Uh, and then I left, stopped at Arby's, and <laughs> this is a little weird. I have like a, a chronic migraine thing, and it sometimes makes me sick to my stomach, and I yeah. had one that day. Yeah. And so I went to Arby's, didn't eat, got sick in the parking lot, and then uh-huh. went and played a show, which was also my graduation party. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, geez, does that migraine thing still, does that still affect you now, or do you, do you oh, kind yeah. of overcome I mean, that? Oh, yeah, I mean, I have a whole bunch of weird stories. I remember I we were playing this outdoor show once, and it, it gets worse if I'm, like, in really bad heat. Yeah. Uh, and it was outside in the middle of summer, and it was very hot out, and I had already had a migraine. And so I was... <laughs> We were very close to the end of the set, and then my manager comes up, and they're like, oh, well, hey, just so you know... Uh, <laughs> you actually, you, you guys have to do at least two more songs. You're ending a little early. And I look at them and I'm like, I want you to know, I can feel it in my body. I'm going to get sick within the next song. <laughs> Jeez, and they're like, no, yeah. no, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. And yeah. then uh, we started playing the song and I got to the first verse. Uh, 
And then I look over my guitarist and say, just keep playing. And then I walked off stage and puked in the parking lot and I had to get back on stage and finish the set. The most rock and roll story ever. Very rock and roll. <laughs> but it's not like drugs. It's just yeah. crying migrants. <laughs> no, and I think that's important because there's a lot of people that deal with that. And like... You know, I mean, just knowing that someone like you was going through it and that you can get through it, you know, you just throw yeah, up and come back on stage. That's important. It's important to keep that in the foresight because a lot of people are, yeah, that's a, that's a, I can't imagine like migraines like that. I get a little headache and I'm like, I had everything. But like, to have something <laughs> like that intense would drive me bonkers. So cheers to you for pulling through and doing yeah, exactly. that. Like that's, that's, that's dedication and definitely a uh, hard work. And like that, the, our, the article I pulled up was a WKSU 90, 89.7, uh, write up about you guys. Wow. And, that was so uh, long ago. Oh my I, gosh. Actually though, it says 2019. <laughs> Wait, what, what are you thinking about then? Am I thinking of, I must be thinking of a different college then. Yeah. Cause yeah. we have a couple college stations. We kind of bounce around between. Gotcha. Um, but I, but I was like, whoa, that's a crazy gig. <laughs> yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, like I said, it, it's really funny because I've had just a really insane life, honestly. And I think because it's been so crazy, I don't realize how crazy it is. Yeah. And then I start telling people stories and they're like, that's insane. I've never had anything like that happen. I'm like, I got 20 more stories for you right now. That's all. You got the less scenic route. That would be like the opposite book. To the scenic route, yeah, or, like, yeah. or the spinal tap route. That's where all these stories come down. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, guys. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking your time out and chatting yeah, thank with you. me. Yeah, this um, was a good time.